Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Well, good morning, everyone. It's so good to be in church, isn't it? I know we missed last week. And uh, I just want to say thank you on behalf of our pastoral team. Thank you, if you're in the room today, for just persevering with the registration process. We know it's been a bit difficult. We've got people sitting in spots they may not normally sit in. I tell you what, having people right here is a preacher's dream. So if you think... This is your new favorite spot. Feel free to sit here every week. We would love to see you there. But uh, we just want to say there is no better place than being in church here on Sunday to worship together. Whether you're in campus here or whether you are online, there is no better way to begin our week on Sunday because there's something about the gathered church, right? As we gather together, we get to hear and encourage, uh, from, hear encouragement from the Lord, but do it together. There's something special about doing it in the room together rather than just doing it online at home on your own. We love that we have a community of people who gather online as church. It's not just an online thing. It's church online every Sunday. Just as church, this is church in campus every Sunday. There's something special about it because we can hear from God as he speaks to us. But it's also a really exciting day today. And Spoiler alert for the Wimbledon final. If you don't want to know the Wimbledon women's final, pluck your ears right now, because as an Ipswich boy, Ash Barty winning Wimbledon is a pretty good thing, right? Isn't it great? I'm a sports nut. I wanted to stay up last night. I kind of watched the first bit and I was nearly asleep. So I wanted to watch the replay today, but as an Ipswich boy, it brings me great pride. Oh, we, we own her as much as anyone in Ipswich. We love Ash Barty. We think she's great. But the thing I love at the, it's a present at the end of NADOC week. It's been 50 years since Yvonne Goolagong uh, won uh, her first, and first Indigenous woman ever to win at Wimbledon. And 50 years later, we've got Ash Barty, another Indigenous woman from Ipswich. Ipswich, <laughs> coming and winning Wimbledon. It's just such a gift. And um, I, for years and years, um, I've grown up with people uh, in Ipswich and been learning from people on country, from the younger people there, just t- telling us and showing us what it looks like to love and care for God's great earth. There's something special that they have uh, in, in, just in their ethos, in their stories, and the way they care for the land that I think we often miss. Well, I know that I do, because if we're talking about care for the land, I've missed that gene, I've missed that story. This is a picture of my garden. <laughs> now, it's not look like that right now because I had to weed it because this was taken the right before an inspection. We, we rent, so we needed to make sure that the garden was clean before our uh, rental inspection. Don't tell my landlord, that'd be great. Uh, but I've definitely missed the sense of what it is to love and care for the land, the way our indigenous sisters and brothers do. And I actually think there's something in Scripture that speaks to this as well. We have so many stories, so many illustrations of Jesus and across Scripture of God's people and God himself caring for, creating, and cultivating the land. Gardens are a great imagery, and and, and, um, crops are a great imagery for an agrarian society to learn about what God is doing. And I'd love us to dig into just one story today. It's found in Mark chapter 4, and it's the parable of the sower. You might know it. Um, The words will be on the screen, but I'd love to read it. And as I read today, I'd love you just to listen to the words and maybe see if you can hear something new, something different of it that you might not have heard before. So I'm going to read the whole parable, but I invite you to follow along. It's Mark chapter 4, verses 1 to 20. Let's read. 
Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching, he said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell amongst thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear any grain. And still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop multiplying some 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. And still others, like seeds sown amongst thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. And others, like seeds sown on good soil, uh, uh, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what is sown. On the surface, this story looks pretty simple, right? Jesus tells a parable, then tells them what it's all about, and Bob's your uncle, that's it. But this is actually very, very rare for Jesus to do. Across all four Gospels, Jesus is asked 183 questions. Now, in the chat, in the room, I'd like you to have a think just for a second. He's asked 183 questions, right? How many answers do you think Jesus gives? Direct answers to those 183 questions. Have a think about it. Maybe write it in the chat. Engage it today. Think of the person next to you. How many do you think? Just whisper it to their ear. How many questions do you think that Jesus actually answers of these 183? Well, if you're finding it a difficult question to answer, you're not alone. Theologians can't even agree what a straight answer actually is. But at best, at the absolute best... Jesus answers a whopping eight questions. Of the 183, he answers eight. But then he goes on to ask another 339 questions of his own. So here we've got questions to answer ratio, pretty skewed, right? 
And we talk about the Bible being the answer book for life. Well, I think that's partially true, but it's also the pathway or the blueprint for the right questions to ask that helps God open up our hearts to hear what Scripture is actually all about. And not only is this parable one of those eight times, so really we should be like paying attention. It's one of the eight direct answers Jesus gives. We should be paying attention to it. But not only that, he says it's the key to understanding all the parables. He says, how then will you understand any parable if you don't understand this one? It should make us pay attention. And it's one of the first ones he tells in Mark. It should make us pay attention to what's in it and to have ears to hear and eyes to see, as Jesus quotes. And we shouldn't come to these verses with the baggage we bring to it or the the understanding that we've grown up with uh, growing up in the church, perhaps. For example, growing up, I always heard this story um, from Sunday school and thought, great, I've got to go and be like the farmer and sow the good news to people so they hear the good news and God might do cool stuff. That's kind of my understanding, right? And I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I don't think that's a wrong, wrong perspective because as the discipleship pastor here at a McKenzie campus, my heart's desire is that each and every one of us will be sharing the good news with someone else, that we would be disciples who make disciples. I think that's absolutely biblical and absolutely true. But I'm not sure that's exactly the entire message that Jesus is trying to get across with this parable here. To help us understand this a bit more, I want to look at three things, three elements in the parable. And I didn't write this, but it makes me feel like Jesus knew what Baptist pastors are supposed to preach on, right? Because it's the sower, the soil, and the secret. Three S's, three points. Pretty cool. Uh, So I want to start by looking at the sower. Who is this sower? Who is this generous farmer? Well, to people hearing this in Jesus' day, uh, they would hear this story and go, well, that's actually the parable of the idiot farmer or the parable of the reckless farmer. Why? What farmer, what farmer in their right mind would waste their precious seed they've got to sow into the ground on places that are on the path in the rocks in the thorns? Why would a farmer ever, ever waste their soil, waste their seed? This is um, their livelihood. It's how their, their wealth will be passed down generation to generation to generation. And this farmer, this idiot farmer, is scattering it in all kinds of places where it's not going to grow. He's wasted three quarters of it in places it's not going to grow. People hearing this would be going, what an idiot farmer. How reckless is he? He's throwing it in places it's never going to grow. And immediately this should tell us something, that this sower is no ordinary farmer. What is this sower trying to grow? Well, the word translated for the word here in Scripture is a great word. Uh, it's the word logos. Uh, it, that's the Greek word, which is it's a really rich uh, theological word. It's almost like when you say it, you've got like saliva, theologians have saliva dripping out of their mouth because it's such a good word, the logos of God. What is it? It's the divine logic of God that's implicit in everything in the cosmos. Think about that for a second. It's God's meaning, his purpose, uh, expressed in all areas of life. It's the ideas of God acted upon in creation. And it's best personified in the one who's telling this story right now, in Jesus. It's a big word. It's God's intentions put into action. It's not exclusive to the preaching or sharing of the good news or the gospel we might say today. But it is something that is far, far bigger than that. It's some, 
in some ways, something that only God himself can do. I don't know about you. I don't think that if I'm telling my friend about Jesus that I can explore and explain the full goodness and the full picture of every nature, the whole nature of God. I just don't think I can do that. I don't think I have that in me. I don't think we as humans have that in us because how can we know the unknowable mind of God? It's a huge word, this logos, and it's being sown at the same time. It's a word we actually see in John chapter one, verse one. It's a great example. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Let's read that slightly differently. In the beginning was the logos and the logos was with God and the logos was God. This word that Jesus is saying the farmer is sowing into people's lives is his very nature being poured out into their heart and their life. That's huge. That's huge for us. Now the sower in the parable is knowingly throwing out this stuff all the time, everywhere, for all time. I don't think that we can just do that ourselves. We actually need some help with that. So this generous farmer, this this reckless farmer, can only possibly be God. It can't be us in the story. And maybe that's a different perspective for us to see today, but if we picture this farmer as God, it changes the narrative of the text. His goodness, his kindness, his love, his possibilities, his purpose, his knowledge, his heart, his word, his very breath is what's being thrown out by this farmer in the story. And it's being thrown out in all kinds of places. It's being thrown on the road, a place where it's not gonna grow. It's been thrown on the rocks. Who would plant their seed in the rocks? It's been thrown amongst thorns. But God is trying to, at all times, tell us and show us and speak into our lives his very nature and his goodness and his love for us. If only we would have eyes to see and ears to hear it, as scripture tells us. So it brings me to the soil, right? What stops these good things of God that he wants to speak into our life? What stops it from growing in our life? Well, Jesus goes on to explain uh, how people are like different kinds of soil that's coming into contact with this seed, which we now understand is the revelation of who God is. And there's a link to the Old Testament here. I'd love to take you back there to Jeremiah chapter chapter four, verses three and four. It says, break up the unplowed ground And do not sow amongst thorns, which is what our farm is doing right now, by the way, just saying that. Then it says, circumcise yourselves to the Lord, circumcise your hearts. See, I think the parallel here is that the soil he's talking about is, is our hearts. It seems the hearts of people are in all kinds of different states of receptiveness to this good news of Jesus and that the good news of all of who God is. Jesus identifies four types of soil. I'm gonna walk that through with you a bit today. The first type of soil that Jesus talks about is the path. It's kind of like a brick in here today. It's just the way things are. We'll come to church on a Sunday. We'll spend some time here praising God, hearing the good news. But then tomorrow we go home back to our job, back to our family, back to whatever we're doing. And not much has changed. See, God is trying to pour out his love and his goodness. But the pathy parts of our heart, it just bounces straight off. Jesus says, 
that it doesn't take much for Satan, the enemy, to kind of whisk away and grab our attention again. Our minds quickly shift from the things we've been learning about and singing about on Sunday to things that we are battling with during the week. It's just the way things are. It's the hard, compact soil of, gee, that's just the, world, what the way of the world today, isn't it? That's just the way things are. This kind of heart isn't receptive to the good news of God because we're so focused on other stuff. So focus on just what the rest of the week looks like. We forget to put our life back, the things we hear on Sunday, into practice for the rest of the week. And Sunday becomes just a thing we do on Sunday. That's not a picture of the farmer here. A farmer is always, the, the generous farmer of God is always, always, always pouring out his love and his kindness all the time. Do we only do that on a Sunday and it just comes along and gets stolen? What are the habits we create in our life that we're missing because we're just on the way of the road? That's the first type of soil. The second type of soil is the rocky soil. Now, Jesus again explains this a bit. It's, it's the, 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 the past hurts and the troubles of life that come away. Now, I don't know about you. We all have different pains and struggles in life, don't we? We've all got rocks that weigh us down, things we're worried about, things that uh, just have, have, have gripped our heart with pain and sorrow. It might be the loss of a loved one. It might be the betrayal of a friend. It might be that the church has hurt you somewhere on your journey. And we carry these rocks in our soul and they weigh us down. And even though we, we still want to receive the forgiveness and love of God in the midst of it, he's pouring out his love on us but again, it bounces everywhere. It falls between the cracks of the rocks, but has no, it's all shallow dirt. It's just there's nowhere for God's goodness and his revelation to, to sink into our life. As much as God speaks it and pours it into us, we hear it. The things, we're so focused on the things that trouble us because we can't let them go because they are painful. They are hurts. They do weigh us down. The third type of soil we hear about is the thorny soil. Again, the goodness and the revelation of God, the logos of himself is poured out in this place and it begins to grow, but it's choked up by weeds. These are actually the cobbler's pegs from my backyard. Um, and if you know anything about cobbler's pegs, they get everywhere and are super annoying and choke anything in the garden that's trying to grow there. But Jesus actually explains what this is. He says, it's the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things. How much of our world is anxious right now? Anxious about things we don't have. Anxious about things we need more of. Anxious about how am I going to get that paycheck done? How am I going to make life and ends meet? This is the soil that Jesus is talking about. We all have that in ourselves. And it's like a noxious weed. No matter what God is trying to do in us, it kind of grows up in us and begins to choke us and, and make us uh, our focus away from God. The thorns in it prick us, prick us and make us feel hurt. It chokes our faith and our life. Yet still, God is pouring out his love in the midst of it. How worried are we that we focus so much on the thorns of life that we miss what God is trying to grow in us, in the soil? Which brings us to the fourth kind of soil that Jesus actually doesn't say much about. He just says it's there. 
It's the good soil that's just there. It's just gonna, it's there through. It's, it's there. <laughs> he doesn't explain it. He just said it'll grow a crop that's 30, 60, 100 times more, and that's it. He doesn't explain what it is. But he's pouring out his love, his kindness, his forgiveness, his generosity on it anyway. And because this is clear of obstacles, it grows and brings a crop more than we could have hoped for. See, beneath the path, around the rocks, and through the thorns, there is good soil. It's there, waiting for the revelation of God to be planted deeply in it, that it might speak and grow something beautiful in every, every heart. Every heart, every heart, whether Christian or not yet Christian, is wired to receive this good news of God, wired to receive the revelation of it in their lives. When human hearts are given some attention, when we allow ourselves to be tended to by our great gardener, to let this gardener of God who is good to us do some soul gardening in us, that we get to see God grow things in us. At the core, people's hearts are good. People are made in the very image of God. See, in the beginning, we see that Adam was formed out of the dirt and the dust of the soil, and God breathed into him. We have divine DNA that is both dirt and divine. God breathed into it. We are wired to receive it. If there's just a chance that we can deal with the stuff that's in our hearts, in the soil of our hearts, God would grow something there, and we'd be open up to his goodness and his fundamental truths that he is good, he loves us and wants to grow good things in us. So how do we deal with the stuff that's growing? It brings us to the third thing, the secret. Well, Jesus says in the parable, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But I hate secrets. Who's ever been on the end of a secret and just wish they knew what the answer was? Uh, who remembers like doing uh, the, the whispering game in, in, in primary school? And you kind of get the answer wrong and you wish you knew what the secret was at the start and you get really angry. Well, I did anyway. I'm a bit competitive. I got really competitive and angry because I don't like secrets. No one, I don't want to have a secret kept from me. But Bible translation is a bit of a tricky business. And a lot of theologians would reckon that the word secret here is not the best word for this to be translated to. The Greek, the original Greek is the word mysterion. It sounds much like, more like mystery, doesn't it? It's where we get the word mystery from. That's very much, to, very different than a secret in my book, right? The mystery of God is like a puzzle waiting to be discovered and put together. A secret's like a secret locked in a, in a, in a box that's wrapped in chains and thrown in the ocean, never to be heard from again. But a mystery, a mystery is different. It's like a puzzle way played out on your family holidays, on a kitchen table. And people bring you piece by piece by piece together to make a beautiful picture. That's what Jesus is talking about here. God's revelation to us is not so much a secret that's being kept from us, but it's like something that's um, waiting, a puzzle or a mystery waiting to be solved. The clues are hidden in plain sight, so to speak. This is important for our understanding uh, for what this parable is all about because the logos of God his revealed nature of all he is is not a secret. It's a puzzle to be solved. It's a mystery waiting to be uncovered, uh, waiting for those who have, as Jesus points back to this uh, verse back in Isaiah, that we would have ears to hear and eyes to see so that we would be forgiven, 
so that we would have the path, the rocks, and the, and the weeds just ripped out of our soul garden, so to speak, that God would grow something in it. Do we have eyes to see and ears to hear it today? What condition is your heart in today? Do you feel like you're just going with the flow, doing what the world says, that you're just living life and then Sunday you come back without much change in your life? Are you really weighed down by difficult, painful, and hurting circumstances in your life that you just wish you could let go of? Because I can tell you today that Jesus is here. He wants to deal with it. He wants to deal with the thorns as well. The anxiety and the fear we have, the fear we carry, he wants to come through and uproot it. When we allow him to rip up the path, rip out the rocks and rip out the weeds, he tends to our hurting heart and grows something in us. See, there's an invitation here today. An invitation every day, in fact. That we don't have to leave this place the same as we arrived. That God wants to change and work in us, that we might live a life that is open to His glorious goodness, open to the things He wants to generously pour out into our life. If only we would have eyes and ears to see it. And the invitation right now is for God to get us off the path, to do away with it that we would be open to the unbelievable, generous nature of God who pours out His love on us. That we wouldn't be the same uh, next week when we return to church online or church in the room. Things would be different for us because He's grown something in us. Hurts hurt. We all have hurts. We all have ones that are really heavy, really difficult ones of betrayal of friends or significant loss. But the one who hung on the cross and bore all that weight for you today wants to reach into your life and rip out the rocks so that you don't have to hold on to them anymore, so that these things don't need to weigh you down or, or cause you the, the pain that you do not need to carry because Jesus has dealt with it. He's dealt with it on the cross and he wants to pour out his love and his healing of that pain in your life today. He wants to show you more of his goodness and his love and his just sheer kindness that you would know that you are loved, forgiven and free no matter what's going on in your life right now. And the worries we carry day to day, I'm just imagining Jesus saying enough. You don't need to worry about that because in him you have everything you can possibly need. And rather than let those worries choke us, Jesus wants to rip out those weeds and toss them aside. That you don't have to carry the weight or the pain of that anxiety anymore. He wants to let you know the peace of God and that in Him, you can find everything you possibly need for a life with God. He's being generous today, friends. He's pouring it out on your life. But I wonder if this is the hardest one of all the soil that's got no weeds in it because life's pretty good. We've actually got it pretty good here in Brisbane. I think about it, people all across the world, people in Sydney right now who are locked down, can't gather as church. We actually in Brisbane, even though we're wearing face masks, I wanna thank you for doing that. It's actually not that bad. We've actually got it pretty good. 
and God's trying to grow something in us, but we just maybe aren't open to what God's trying to do. Maybe you're trying to seek some clarity about what Jesus is trying to do in your life today, right now. And He is. He's speaking to us by His Holy Spirit right now. He's speaking and pouring out all of His revealed will and nature and His purpose and calling for you right now that you might produce something that is greater than you possibly ever thought could have imagined, 30, 60, 100 times more than you could have hoped for or imagined. This generous farmer, friends, is pouring out his love on you today. I'd just love to invite the band to come up because we're about to sing a song that's called Reckless Love. And I know there's been some controversy around the, the term reckless, but Jesus actually points to a story and tells a story of his heavenly father who, like a farmer, is recklessly throwing out his seed in places it's not gonna grow. That's pretty reckless to me. The God who is pouring out his stuff in places that I I don't deserve the goodness of God in the, the pathy, rocky or thorny parts of my life, he's pouring it out there anyway. That seems pretty reckless to me. It's the same recklessness of God who would leave the 99 to find the one. This is the God who wants to speak into our life today. This is the God who wants to heal our hurts and bring us healing. And I I just wonder, as we sing this song, there might be some response that each and every one of us can make. Because if we're honest, we are one of these four soils, every single one of us. And God wants to speak into our life today. I just want to invite you to close your eyes right where you are right now. As we come into a time of response, hear what the Spirit is speaking to you that you might respond to his good news today. Uh, Know this, the God who has revealed perfectly in Jesus wants to speak to you right now. Speak to you of, of his immense love that's not stingy, it's not forced, it's not weak. It is freely and generously and generously and generously given. And I wonder if today I want to speak to these three different types of soil. Maybe today you feel like your faith and your life is shallow. That you just go along with the flow, doing what the world says. God wants you to know today to let go of the easy things and just the way things are and allow God to rip up that path in your heart that He would plant Himself deeply within you to trust in what He is trying to grow in you. If that's you this morning, if you feel like your faith is shallow, I wanna invite you to put your hands out in front of you to receive it as a picture of receiving that goodness of God. Maybe today you feel like your heart's a bit rocky. It's full of rocks and heaviness and past hurt and pain. But there's an invitation right here, right now to let go. You don't need to hold on to those heavy rocks, those heavy boulders anymore. Let God remove the boulders of pain that make you weary and scorch your faith. Find space and room in God for Him to take your pain, your addiction, your attitudes and find the freedom to grow in Him. If that's you this morning, I also wanna invite you to put your hands out in front of you and receive, ask God for Him to take that pain away to bring forgiveness into your heart and the heart of those who've hurt you. And lastly, for those of us who are anxious and suffocated by worry, 
There's an invitation today to let God uproot your fear and your doubt and your worry so that you can bloom and blossom into all the goodness that God is throwing at you. He's already speaking into your life right now. He wants you to rip those weeds out and grow something beautiful that blesses others. If that's you this morning as well, just pop your hands out in front of you. If you're online, maybe you could say in the chat what it is that God's speaking to you or ask some people for prayer. In the room here, ask God to speak to you through His Holy Spirit about what He is inviting you into. Because friends, the invitation is here right now. Let God do some soul gardening in your heart today. Don't leave here the same as you arrived. Leave this place differently and step into more of God's revelation for you today. I invite you to stand. Just right where you are. We're gonna sing together. And let your heart respond as we sing. Let the words speak over you. Lift your hands if you'd like to receive all of God is trying to plant in you today and hear from Him in this song of what God is trying to grow in you. Let's worship. For I spoke a word, you were singing over me. And you have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. And you have been so, so kind to me.
won't light up A mountain you won't climb up Coming after me There's no wall you won't kick down Lie you won't tear down Coming after me There's no shadow you won't light up A mountain you won't climb up Coming after me no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow he won't light up, no mountain he won't climb up to find you. No matter what your heart condition is like, there's no path, rock or thorn that is too much for God to speak into and step into your life right now. If you think that there is, there is nothing that you can do, you're stuck in the mark, stuck where you are. There is nothing that God won't do to find you through what Jesus has done the cross for us. And I wonder right now if we just need to respond, whether it's for the first time or the hundredth time, just to let God say, God, take the things in my heart and grow your goodness in me today. Heal my heart, rip out the things that are stopping me from seeing you. And we're gonna keep singing this song, but I wonder if we could just sing it. Sing it deeply, sing it differently today that God might speak to us as we sing. There is nothing God won't do to bring His love and His goodness into your life. Nothing He won't do. There's no shadow you won't light up, a mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. loving God, today we pray that we wouldn't leave this place the same as we came, that you'll be changing us and uprooting the things in our life that get in the way of your love and your goodness and your kindness and your spirit to work and grow in our life. And today we pray, God, that as we leave this place, that every time we look at a patch of garden or a patch of grass, we would see that you're growing something there. How much more are you trying to grow something in our life? May today be the start of a reminder that you are for us, that you are speaking into our life and trying to grow something good and beautiful in our life, even when we don't deserve it.
Jesus, we thank you for your love. We pray this, believing it's something you want us to pray in your holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Friends, if God's been speaking to you today, the Spirit's been speaking, we really wanna invite you to come down the front with one of our prayer team and pray this morning. Don't, leave, don't let this moment go by. Come down and pray. Pray in the chat. There's people who would love to pray with you online this morning as well. Don't let this moment pass by. But I do want to thank you for joining us here at church today. I can't wait to see you next week. Hopefully with masks off, we can see your bright, shining faces. But go this week and let God grow something in your spirit. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you, or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.